Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now, I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I am married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I, I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online and, and I'm in a different part of the country. I, I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then. And you're really reenacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? Oh, yeah. Oh, what a week it's been. I'm telling you, this has been something else. I know you're all feeling it. It is absolutely positively in the atmosphere. So so let's take a look at it. Because I heard uh, in my intro that I am a commentator, and that is putting it mildly. So I know that this world is like shaking you up right now. It is rocking you to um, your very core. I don't know anybody who feels really comfortable with what is happening. And yet what I know to be true is our mission is twofold. It is to be kind and to help others, right? That's a Carol the Coachism. By the way, I'm Carol the Coach, Carol Jurgensen Sheets, and I want you to know that my message tonight is that you need to be kind and helpful. And then, two, I really believe that this is an opportunity to use reframing um, in ways we've never used it before. I mean, I get that some people are not going to be able to pay their rent. Some people may not be able to have food on the table. I mean, this is big stuff. And as a result, it is super important for us to help others. What does that mean? Oh, I think you know what that means. It means that you have to do your absolute best to reach out to other people while you're hunkering down in isolation and say, hey, what can I do for you? What do you need? How can I make your life more comfortable, right? 
I mean, truly, that is what it's all about. It's about helping others. Patrick Horn said it best when he said that suffering, and we are all suffering hugely, creates transformation. And that's what I'm asking you all to do is to transform and not to let this get to you. So that once you've experienced the suffering and you've worked on the transforming, you get to give back, do that 12-step work, and ask people how you can serve. And what I said about reframing is what I believe to be really unbelievably accurate. You know, I have this saying. I'm going to move over here to it because I have it on my the side of my file cabinet. Okay, now I've moved over. And it says, live in gratitude for what is next. And my prayer that I say to myself frequently, it's a shame that I couldn't just recite it from memory. I have to think about doing that. Is dear Lord, use me, move me, take me where I can reflect you. Put words in my mouth and at my hand that will facilitate you. I resist nothing because I have faith that you have me. And I am ready. Okay, that may sound a bit hokey or a bit Pollyannish, but I also believe, and certainly I uh, talked about this yesterday. I'm creating a, a YouTube on it tonight after I get done with the podcast. There's something wrong with me. I can't stop working. I love, I love helping others feel better. So I don't mean that really. There's not anything wrong with me, but I am a bit of a, of a workaholic. So I, but to be a workaholic means I have to love what I do, right? And I love what I do. And so one of the things that I received a couple of days ago from Hay House, um, Hay House is a publishing company, but they do more than publish books. They, they're an inspirational company. And this incredible woman who didn't even start her own publishing company till she was 60, Louise Hay, who had written an amazing book called You Can Heal Your Life. And that was really through um, thought and your mind and affirmations. One of her quotes is, all is well. Everything is working out for my highest good. Out of this situation, only good will come. Now, if you don't have enough food on your table and you've lost your job, you're working in the restaurant industry right now, and, you know, they've said, hey, we're not open for at least the next three weeks. You are in the service industry. You're in... um, you're working your butt off to feed the kids, and now you found out that your hours are going to be cut. I know that is life and death stuff. And so I don't want to make light of the struggles. But I promise you, if you use reframing, 
And you say to yourself, okay, what good can come out of this incredible health crisis that we have right now? I mean, really, when you think of COVID-19, possibly be positive about that. Well, I say, for me, it may actually get me to slow down. Wouldn't that be interesting? Or it may get me to look at how I can help my neighbor. You know, I've got an agoraphobic, alcoholic, next-door neighbor. I can be assured she is not listening to this show right now. And, and she won't let me help her. I call her, check in with her, nothing. You know, I let her know when we're having get-togethers over here, um, in part because I want to make sure that my friends and family don't park and block her in her driveway, although she never goes out. You know, just I try to be a good neighbor, and nothing comes of it. But with all this going down, I thought, I'm just going to put a card in her door and let her know I'm thinking of her. Her name's Kelly. Really a nice woman, but very hard to reach, very alcoholic. I remember one day I was um, letting my dog Boo Bear out. Many of you met Boo Bear on my YouTube videos. For any of you that don't know, I have YouTube videos, over 100 of them on sex addiction, partner trauma, and working through the coupleship. And they're really kind of cool because they're six, eight, ten minutes long at most. And I don't share a lot about me on purpose. Um, I just feel like I want you to know that it's all about you. But I do share my dog, Boo, on my YouTubes. So I'll have just the funnest people that will leave me a message because they're wanting to work with me, and they'll say, Hello, girl. I'm calling you from the U.K. Oh, by the way, tell Boo Bear I said hello. And I kind of giggle because I know that he really is cute as can be. Well, anyway, I was letting Boo out. It was about 12, 15. I had been working on a project. It was late. And um, Kelly getting her mail. Why? Well, because it was 12 o'clock. She had been drinking, and she knew she wasn't going to have to see anybody. So this must be the day I'm just going to do impressions for you. Because I saw Kelly, and I said, hey, Kelly, how's it going? And she goes, you better get that dog out. And I'm like, what, Kelly? You better get that dog in. Well, I was, I was quick enough to realize she was saying, you better get your dog in. And then she says, there's coyotes here. And I coyotes. Well, literally, she was telling me, take care of your dog. There are coyotes in our neighborhood, which I did know. But I'm sure she sees a lot more of them because she is up at night and asleep during the day. Well, that's a long story to say. But this is just somebody I really feel compelled to reach out to, and I'm going to challenge you. Who do you feel compelled to reach out to through this crisis? Or 
how might you go ahead and make some money? I had three friends that came over Thursday night for cocktails. I know a lot of you don't drink, but on occasion I do. And all three of them have been laid off on Thursday. And so we were talking about ways to make money, and one, one woman said, well, you know what? Nobody's able to find those masks. And I'm, I'm a seamstress, and I thought about, cool, if I made polyester masks because viruses are much less likely to get into them. And I said, that is a great idea. And then there was another good idea. I can't remember what it was, but it, it's a time for us to be creative and to work through some of the um, understandably difficult situations. I remember what the other thing was. We need healthy people who can provide daycare, you know, be nannies, come to the home and take care of some of the kids while mom and or dad are working. Now, I was talking to a woman about that, and she said, but we don't want anybody who would be a perpetrator. Well, what I know to be true is that the people I know, be it friends or clients, are not perpetrators. So I just think that's another way that perhaps you could make some money. Call your church. Say I'm willing to, to be a nanny for somebody, take in some kids. You know, not run a daycare, but just through this crisis period. So it's time to use reframing and ask yourself two really important questions. The first one is, hey, how can this virus and my situation help me to grow stronger? And more importantly, what do I have to learn from the situation? What is this going to teach me? Not only do I want to see myself as a survivor, but I want to see myself as a thriver. And by that, I'm going to ask you, how might this virus help improve your sense of family, your coupleship, your um, ability to give to your community? What can you do to get outside of yourselves? Because you know if you are an addict in good recovery, it's all about not being self-centered or selfish. And if you're a partner who's been traumatized, sometimes it can help to focus on somebody else when your whole world has been rocked upside down. And that's why I was super excited to be talking with Forrest Benedict today because in such a timely way, Forrest was announcing the fact that he had a variety of online groups that he wanted to talk about with our um, professional listserv. And so there is no doubt Forrest is uh, quite the author. He wrote Life After Lust. And he has been somebody who is an out-of-the-box thinker, and, and everything he has been through has helped him to know what you need. And so I said, Forrest, I want you to come on. I want you to talk about these online groups. What are you offering? Tell me about the different types of groups that you want to have. And you can always talk about life after lust stories and strategies for sex and pornography addiction recovery. It's an excellent book. 
and he really has been through a lot. And he really tries to serve, serve individuals and couples and groups through his online private practice in California. So he indulged me. He said, absolutely, Carol, I would love to talk about the groups, especially right now when we're experiencing such crisis and this pandemic has really affected people's safety. They're, they don't feel safe to get in groups where they're going to be um, with 10, 15 other people. And, you know, we're being ordered to stay home as much as possible. So can't wait to talk about his recovery resources and the fact that they're fully online. And so I'm going to welcome him to Sex Help with Carol the Coach. Hey, Forrest, it's good to have you on again. Hey, Carol, it's so great to be here with you again. Absolutely, and you and I both know that these are anxious times, and our clients in general, um, they're strong, 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 but they're also fragile. They've been through a lot, and when I heard of everything that you are doing as an online therapist and coach, I said, Forrest is there to really provide resources to accommodate what our clients are going through. And so I wanted you to talk a little bit about what you're doing because your work is entirely online, is it not? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, my private practice is all online in California, and then I'm starting to do some coaching um, worldwide all online as well. And so you got to tell me what inspired you to leave a physical office and go fully online because I know a lot of people would love to do that. Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, I was our, our youngest, our six-year-old son, was having some pretty severe health issues um, when we were living there in California in the Central Valley. And we decided to move up to Washington. And um, right after we decided that, um, I was invited to leave my job at that time. And so it just made sense to go online. I had already been researching that modality quite a bit. And, um, you know, I'm licensed in California and we're, we were moving to another area. Um, completely. And so it just made sense to go online um, entirely. And and it was definitely a a learning experience, but um, it's worked out great. And I've been able to build an online practice as well as program uh, that serves people throughout California and been able to do it from my home here in Washington. It's really been a great thing. Well, and so because I don't exactly understand how you might do that, I do know that coaches can work worldwide on the Internet and they can also work via the phone. And you are a coach. So are you a telehealth clinician or a coach or both? I'm both, yeah. My private practice, which is, you know, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in California. So all of my clients have to be in California for my therapy practice and my life after less program. However, um, I'm doing coaching and about to launch a new coaching program worldwide as a coach. And of course, that would be different than treatment, but it's meant to be very supportive um, 
So yeah, you're right. You know, you have to be aware of the legalities, you know, of where we can do treatment and where we can't, but um, doing it through these different modalities in different places is, is a way that I've figured out to make it work. Well, I know what you mean. I mean, clearly, I'm a mental health therapist of 40 years, and I'm a coach. And just by offering this podcast, I have people that want to work with me across the world. And certainly, I can't do telehealth, but so much of what we do is instructional, and it is consultation, and it is coaching. And you can do that without having any specific licensure Um but but the school of hard knocks and maybe a book or as you said a course and you've done you've got them both um, and so tell us a little bit about the services that you actually provide. Yeah, so um, like I mentioned, I have the Life After Lust program, which is in California, um, and that's a therapy program aimed you know to help people go deep into their recovery, um, and that's focused on sex addiction uh, recovery as well. And then I'm starting a new group, um, a new program online, which would be a coaching program called Heroes in Recovery. And um, that, you know, we'll probably talk a little bit more about that, but I'm excited to really um, provide that worldwide. And, you know, honestly, like it seems very meaningful to me to provide that right now because it's, I'm making it severely low cost and my hope is that people all over the world, um, you know, with all of the uncertainties and all the things we're struggling with right now, would would find it to be a very supportive op- opportunity to connect and to work their recovery. Um, and then I do also have a group that I've been leading over a year now through Rob Weiss's uh, website. Um, and that's a free group. And, you know, he provides a lot. They provide a lot of free groups. But I've been doing that free group with, you know, maybe 20 plus guys, you know, for over a year now. And, and that's meaningful too. You know, I really love doing this work and and it's been really great. So I'm, I'm happy to do that. Okay. So we'll come back to that. Um, But obviously there are some inherent benefits of online therapy and coaching. And so you talked about the very benefit to you that when you moved and you had uh, a child with special needs, it afforded you an opportunity to be there for your child as well as obviously um, move from state to state and still be able to provide services. What are the benefits to the clients of online therapy and coaching? Yeah, well, um uh... An apparent benefit right now is, you know, not getting sick and not getting others sick. So there's that physical safety component right now. Um, But generally, you know, accessibility is a big thing. Um, You know, some people aren't in an area that has a specialist that is that meets their needs and that will provide the what they need. Um, So accessibility, you can reach the people that are going to help you um, the most. Um, convenience is a big one. You know, people can access resources on their phone or on a computer. Um, and cost, too, you know, it's it's actually, um, you know, when you factor in not needing to travel to therapy or take tra- time off work to go to therapy or time away from your family, um, that's helpful. 
Um, connection is a big piece as well. Like, you know, I found my groups really do connect with each other, even though they're not, you know, meeting physically in the same space. And that's been really great. Um, and, you know, another piece is privacy. And, you know, I'm definitely all for meetings and, and therapy, but, you know, some people don't feel like they can walk in the door of certain places. And this gives them a chance to to um sorry i had a little one walk in on me there um this gives them a chance to get services without um needing to do that and you know of course it's confidential just like all services um but also it's effective you know and there's actually been some um some research around this and you know i was i'd looked into that before doing this to make sure it's still effective um, but I've found it to be really effective as well, and, and it's been great being able to provide services and, and see people get the help that they need through this. So it's worked out really well. Okay, so now explain how it may be confidential. Tell me a little bit about that. How it's confidential? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, Definitely as a therapist, um, everything that we do is confidential. Um, I mean, I make sure on my end to be in a place where nobody can hear me. Um, I make make that happen. Um, you know, when people are in a group, um, confidentiality really is the center, the foundation of it. Um, it's super important. And... Um, yeah, I mean, that's just emphasized. It's really, I, I don't think any recovery work or any therapy really works well without confidentiality. And and I will say, too, that the the technology that I use is HIPAA compliant, you know, like there's things on my end that I have to be really careful about um, to make sure I'm providing a service that's, that keeps everybody's information and life and privacy safe. Totally get that. And and so when I was asking about confidentiality, I mean, I know that there are some formats, for instance, um, if somebody says, hey, can we Skype? I say no, because I don't use a HIPAA-compliant Skype. To my knowledge, there is not one today. No. But I do use I don't think Zoom, so. which is HIPAA-compliant, and then I have a webmaster who has made my entire um, transmission HIPAA compliant. So anytime I look mm. at my screen, I see the little lock that reminds me that people cannot get into my encrypted um, Zoom room or my emails mm -hmm. or things like that. And so do you think that online work is as confidential as being in the room with eight other people. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I def, I mean, I emphasize that the client has to be in a confidential place. You know, some I've had some clients, you know, they weren't able to talk in the house, so they are out in the meeting in their car. You know, because that's the most confidential and private place. Um, and and I'm I'm the same way. Like I. Um, I mean, we have to be. We have to be really making this a high priority. Well, it's illegal, really, if it's not confidential. 
um, you know, that has to be a confidential space and, and having our stuff stored in a confidential way, it all has to be a part of the mix or else we can't really do this legally. So yeah, it's definitely a confidential um, experience. Although just like any group, um, all the members are trusting each other to, um, as far as confidentiality is concerned, to really hold their information, you know, sacredly to not share what's said in group. And so that's always, I guess, a risk in, in a way that people trust each other when they do groups. But it, it works out, I, I think, pretty well. And what would you say is the difference between online therapy and coaching? Yeah, that's a great question. And I've had to do a lot of um, looking into this, you know, just for the legality of it and, and to make sure I'm helping my clients the best that I can. And so, you know, one of the big pieces that I've found is that, you know, with therapy, uh, we can work on trauma, we, we can work on, you know, the past, understanding how the past affects the present, and, you know, do, do a lot more of that type of work, whereas in coaching, um, it's, it's a lot more focused on the present, it's a lot more focused on goals, and, um, you know, like we can still provide tools and still provide, um, you know, education, and, um, you know, I find actually, even as a therapist, that I kind of have a coaching type mentality because I just have a really strong belief in my clients and just like, I feel like I'm a coach too, you know, I'm certainly as a therapist, we do some coaching as well. Um, but those are the main things like, um, you know, I'm, I'm studying IFS right now. And, you know, with my therapy clients, I can really guide them through a lot of IFS treatment, you know, really getting into the, their trauma and helping them heal. Whereas like in my coaching group, I definitely want to introduce those concepts to really help people connect more deeply with themselves. But we won't be going into the actual, you know, treatment. It would be more like learning some tools or learning, you know, some of the concepts. And so um, I'm very cautious to keep, keep myself from, you know, doing therapy um, and calling it coaching. I, I think I just can't make that, can't, none of us can do that, you know. Absolutely. And so are, do you think there's any limitations to online therapy or coaching that you've seen? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, since you're not in the room with the person, there could be some things that you might miss that you you would catch if you were in the room with them. Um, you know, like, I I haven't found it to be um, too problematic, or I, I can't think of an instance where it was really a problem. Um, but there's also part part of that is actually a positive too, though, because you're you're actually seeing clients in their living space, so you are really getting more information, you know, just from that alone. Um, and, you know, as far as groups are concerned, like my groups in the past, my physical groups have, you know, hugged each other at the end of the meeting. And so, you know, that's not possible. They could, they could give a, a fist bump through the screen or something. But, you know, the touch component's not there. Um, but those are a couple of things. But, you know, overall, I found it to be to work really well. 
Okay, so now you are launching this new coaching program worldwide, and you referenced it earlier. It's called Heroes in Recovery. Can you share with us what inspired that name and what do people do um, that sign up for Heroes in Recovery? Yeah, yeah, that name, I I gave it that name because, uh, well, there's a couple reasons. One of them is... Uh, one of the things I've, I'm doing for that program is interviewing some of my heroes in recovery and getting some of their recovery wisdom. Um, you know, I've done an interview with Stacy Sproud and with Jeff Stewart, and I have other people on my list that I hope to talk to. But um, I just love the idea of bringing in the perspective of people that are other, you know, heroes in recovery and in this field. Um, and then the other piece to it, too, is, is kind of really how I've really developed to understand recovery, at least, like you said, I kind of think outside the box. But I do feel like, you know, part of, especially from like an IFS perspective, like we, a big part of recovery is us learning to become our own heroes, um, you know, like in learning to take care of all the parts of ourselves that in the past we um, disowned or re- we rejected or we consider our, our enemies and you know a big part of recovery is learning to you know find them and heal them and and kind of instead of hating ourselves learning to love ourselves and in that sense kind of becoming our own heroes um, so I, I wanted people to see themselves as as their own heroes in that sense um, and so I, I feel like it's a meaningful name and and I hope you know it's not it's not meant to you know make people think like you know um they're you know be more narcissistic or be like wow I'm all that like you were talking about earlier it's not about becoming more selfish but it is really about becoming your own hero and you know fighting for your own freedom well and again I think the heroes that you're referencing that I happen to know are just like you. They think out of the box, and and because of that, provide services to populations that wouldn't necessarily have services, and they really um, are amazing professionals. And so I love the fact that the, there's this Heroes in Recovery. Now, who is Heroes in Recovery designed to help? I mean, who's your population here? Yeah, well. You know, I always keep, I always remember women that they're definitely a group that needs services. Um, However, I have not found a lot of women coming to me for help. So I just want to say if women, you know, if there's a need to serve women through Heroes in Recovery, I'm all for that. But this group for now will be for men um, over 18, um, definitely for people, you know, anywhere in the world. Um, And, you know, something... It, it's well I'll say it's for people that are wanting to start recovery or strengthen their recovery or even just maintain their recovery um, also this is something I'm testing out to see if it you know see how it works but um, I want to open it up to people with all addictions um, even though my specialty is sex addiction I feel like um, the tools and the community can be very supportive of a lot of of a lot of people. And so um, I think that's something I'm going to try out is, is making it open to all addictions. 
Um, and then, you know, it's not, I will mention it's not specifically, it's not faith-based or 12-step-based specifically, but like everybody's welcome. And I really hope that people of all um, backgrounds and belief systems can feel very comfortable there. Well, and so, you know, you mentioned that it's not necessarily faith-based, and yet you are very faith-based. Um, so tell me a little bit about, just for a second, your incredible book, um, because it has been such a godsend for many people. And, and you know, of course, I'm referring to Life After Lust, Stories and Strategies for the Sex and Pornography Addiction Recovery. Um, tell people who may not know about the book what that book is about and how it also highlights, I would say, that, that theme of the hero in everyone. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's funny. Um, we're going on that that book was published almost exactly three years ago, and tomorrow's my uh, recovery anniversary. So um, that's when it was published. And you know, the book was written um, as kind of a compilation of a lot of the writing that I'd done, as well as adding some additional writings. And you know, it really is meant to be very supportive of recovery, but it's also meant to be an inspirational book. You know, there's a lot of stories and a lot of um, stuff I share from my own recovery, and um, it's organized really effectively. You know, people have found, I've gotten feedback from people that, um, you know, they appreciate all the mindsets and all the tools to practice, and so, um, you know, I'm I continue to use that book in my in my program. Um, I feel like some of my views have changed since I've wrote that book. However, um, I mean that's how it probably goes for every author as they develop and grow. Um, but there's a lot of tools in there still that are are things that I consider to be really essential pieces of recovery. And so, you know, the book. I don't know how many have sold, but it's been thousands and it's helped a lot of people throughout the years. So, um, you know, I'm grateful for all the people that men and women and, you know, really everybody that have uh, embraced recovery because of it and, you know, become heroic and in the way that they, you know, fight for themselves and fight for their, their kids and for their families and, you know, work to change the world. So writing the book definitely changed my life and helped me deal with way more issues than I thought I would ever have to deal with. So it's been great. <laughs> well, I know. And it's like, you're also so timely. I mean, clearly we're in a situation right now with the COVID virus and, and, People are scared and they're isolated and they're, you know, there's that fear of the unknown and the anxiety is off the charts. And, you know, you are providing these online groups, both therapy and coaching, to help people find connection, support, and find the skills they need to reduce that anxiety. So tell me a mm -hmm. little bit about what advice do you have for people who 
maybe working with us due to the virus concerns, they just want to take a break. What would you tell them to do? Yeah, well, I think, you know, there's so there's still so many opportunities to continue to get the help that they're getting. And, you know, I, I know most mental health professionals um, definitely can do telehealth. So I would encourage them to at least ask if that's an option. Um, But I think, yeah, there's, there's so much that's being stirred up right now for all of us. And, um, it's just essential to get the help that we need and know that there's tools and know that there's lots of people that care and that have skills and abilities and, you know, that nobody's left alone in this, that, that there are resources. Um, and, you know, even if their therapist hasn't asked, asked them if they want to do telehealth, like um, I encourage them to ask and, and see what's available um, because, you know, it's, it affects more than just us. I mean, certainly we're worth it as well, but, you know, a lot of us have our kids home for the next, you know, month, weeks or months or whatever. And so even that, even with that in mind, I think it's super important that we take care of our mental health so that we can be there for our kids and, and really, you know, make it through this because yeah, it's, it's just such a difficult time with a lot of unknowns. And, and yet I think we can, still find some peace amidst it and and some healing and really I think it's a great opportunity to do a lot of healing and and find some connection as well oh absolutely and you know it it is a time when you can feel sorry for yourself whether your uh, job has been limited maybe you've actually lost it a hundred percent or I know for mm-hmm. me, I had a book opportunity in Italy, and I'd never been to Europe. I couldn't wait, and of course, that got canceled. And I had my oh, first no. book signing set up with uh, ITAP in May, and now we're going to do it virtually. For anybody who doesn't oh. know, ITAP is yeah is that organization that uh, it's an institute that hel- helps educate CSAP certified sexual addiction therapists. That got canceled. But then, you know what I started thinking, Forrest? I thought, these are all opportunities that I really wanted. I wanted to take advantage mm. of them, and I figured it was my time, and I was so looking forward to that. But mm-hmm. the truth of the matter is I've got clients that have bar mitzvahs planned. I've got clients that are getting married, and now mm. their big dreams have been thwarted. And that yeah. loss is, you know, just doesn't. My loss does not compare to theirs, and so we're always looking at, mm-hmm. you know, opportunities to turn that around and find something good in it. Because I am a believer that it is our attitudes that are going to get us through this crisis. And why not feel happier as opposed to resentful? You know, it just doesn't serve mm-hmm. the world to be resentful. Mm-hmm. So, tell yeah. me one thing that you think the virus has done situationally in your life to make you a better person. Well, that's a great question. And by the way, I'm I'm sorry about your your inconveniences and your losses as well. Um, but okay. you know, also, I, yeah, I mean, those would have been really exciting opportunities. And you know, it's just. Part of the unknowns, you know, part of what's happening. But, um, 
You know, I think the main thing for me, like I mentioned, that I'm, I've started to study internal family systems and start started the training um, just recently. And for me, you know, one of the one of the concepts in internal family systems, they use the word torment tormentors. You know that these are people in our life that trigger us or situations that trigger us, and um, they kind of break the word up and and into tor and then mentor. You know that the word mentor is in the word tormentor, and so it's those things that trigger us, but it shows us it, it becomes our mentor. It becomes this opportunity to see something really valuable. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, for me, that's the things inside of me that I didn't know need healing. You know, it, it mentors me to the things that still need my attention inside of me. And so I've been able to do a lot of IFS work in my own heart and in my own, with my, working with my own trauma. And, um, and that it definitely has been related to the virus, too. Like a few weeks ago, I was triggered and you know going out and stockpiling food and like in this really anxious place and then had to just stop and go within and figure out what parts of me were triggered and you know connect with myself which you know in IFS you know we all have this self that has these amazing qualities of like calmness and clarity and courage and connection and creativity and I mean, for me, that's so hopeful because, like, we we do we can connect with this self in us that can really give us so much of what we need to survive and thrive through this difficult time. So that's been something that's been going on for me, and then being able to help clients as well because you know certainly as we do the work, we can help others in similar ways. And so, um, and and I do love having my kids home too, like. Um, you know, we just got back from being outside and, you know, um, throwing around the football. So, like, I think there's a lot of great opportunities for interconnection with ourselves as well as outer connection with others. And um, so, yeah, it's, I've, I've experienced both sides of that, just being feeling like I'm going crazy with all the uncertainty in the world and then ushering that into an opportunity to really self-connect and really get a lot of great healing. So that's been my experience. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, you can hear a, a special tone of voice as you speak about the kids. So I know that they bring you great joy. Mm-hmm. Parenting is the toughest thing in the world, but you, you can really yeah. hear the connection in your voice. Yeah. Thank you. No. And I, and they are, they're, they're so special to me. And, you know, I definitely would say from experience as a parent that the more healing we do, you know, the better we can do our jobs as parents, especially in times like this, when even as parents, like we don't have all the answers. We're, you know, far from it. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So, um, you know, the more work we can do and, and, you know, I've been thinking a lot lately about our mortality, you know, like, like today with our kids and today with the people we love is really all we got guaranteed to us is today in this moment. Um, so I, I think there's a profound opportunity to enjoy each moment that we have with those people. 
I'm I'm 100% with you. So I I wanted to talk for a second about your resources, and I want to remind our listening audience of two things. One is I'm going to tell you a little bit about how you can sign up for um, the incredible online group that Forrest is starting, and I want to find out a, a little bit more about the other resources. And so his email is Forrest. Benedict, which is B-E-N-E-D-I-C-T-L-M-F-T at gmail.com. And if you want to ask him more about his online services, you can, can go there and send him an email, or you can go to his website. And that obviously is www.forestbenedict.com. And he is the author of Life After Lust, Stories and Strategies for Sex and Pornography Addiction Recovery. And he has a lot of groups. I mean, he does this totally online. So he has groups specifically for you. And again, for somebody who can't afford a group, you're referencing the groups that you actually facilitate for Rob Weiss. And what time and how can they get into that group? Yeah, if they go to sexandrelationshiphealing.com, there's a list of lots of groups, um, you know, for lots of people, male addicts, female addicts, partners, um, LGBTQ population, everything. Yeah, yeah, tons and tons of groups, which is, is going to be highly utilized, I'm sure, during this time. Um, and so that's that's there. And, and my group's on Sunday night. Um, I'm probably going to have Heroes in Recovery on Sunday night as well before my other group, just because it seems to be a really convenient time for people. And and okay. that group will also be really low cost. Um, you know, it'll be less less than $50 a month, and that's for weekly groups. So I really am trying to make it accessible to almost anyone. But uh you know, regardless of whether they get help with me or somewhere else, like, I really just want people to know that there's tons of online resources. And this can be a time where you continue to work great recovery and connect with great resources. You know, there's this isn't a time to disconnect just because of the situation. And are your prices on the website? No, I don't list my prices on the website. But I'm happy to okay. talk with anyone if if they ask. But but I just shared the price of Heroes in Recovery, um, you know, which is a little less than fifty dollars a month. To, but oh, sorry. Great. That's okay. That is a great group. I'm I mean, price and absolutely, for us in some ways, you're getting less per group than a babysitter gets. So that is a steal <laughs> yeah. deal. You didn't hear it on the show because it's against the law to do that on the air. But oh, sorry, if you, sorry. If you, no, that's okay. If you didn't hear him correctly, you can always email him or myself. And, again, you can reach him at Forrest Benedict, B-E-N-E-D-I-C-T-L-M-F-T. That stands for Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist at gmail.com. And Forrest is spelled with one R. And, you know, this obviously is um, an opportunity for people to get some good resources at a steel deal price. And you are so talented that I 
hope that people take advantage of this because most people charge four, five, six, seven times the price for one group, let alone for the whole. Wow! Well, yeah. 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 Um, and I and I really did want people to feel like they could get the help they needed. You know. I just want to remind people, too, that it is so important that if you want to know more about Forrest, go to his website as well as get his book. I know, Forrest, the last time I had you on, I got a lot of really positive comments. You know, Life After Lust uh, has been really well received. It's super readable. As you said, it's got lots of stories, your own personal stories, and um it has a lot of strategies for how to get through this process and learn how to manage both porn and sex addiction as opposed to porn and sex addiction managing you. So I would encourage our, our mm-hmm. listeners to also get that book. And where can they find that? Yeah, that's on Amazon. And I also have the audiobook out. And so that's like, everywhere that you can find an audiobook on Audible and all kinds of places. So um, that's available, but the main place is Amazon for the, the physical copy or the Kindle copy of that book. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. Well, I thank you so much. I am so, um, I'm going to so be looking forward to hearing what people think about your online services. I admire the fact providing this, you know, you and I both know that there are so many areas of the world, right here in our country, but certainly the world where they've never even heard of sex addiction or porn addiction, let alone mm-hmm. have 12-step meetings or therapists that are specialists or coaches that know what they're doing. So you are really providing a valuable service, and I want to thank you for that. Mm. Thank you, Carol. I'm really grateful mm-hmm. to do it and grateful that I could share that with people tonight. All right, you take care and keep me posted on all the um, important work you're doing. Thanks, Forrest. All right, thank you. Take care. Take care, everyone. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, so that was really interesting because, again, a steel deal of a price. He's got a lot of wisdom. And the antidote for addiction is connection. So if you're feeling isolated or you know you need something to bump up your recovery, I highly recommend his groups. Amazing. So I will see you next week. We're going to get through this crisis together. I want you to ask yourself how you can use reframing and how you can be kind and help somebody else. And we'll talk to you soon. You know, there will only be one of you at all times, and I seriously want you to have the courage to be yourself. Make it a good one.